Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Trend. I am Jack, joined with Spencer, as always. Spencer, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. Good. How's uh, school treating you? You back in the swing of things? Uh, it, it depends on how you define <laughs> swing of things no. and back into. I'm not sure if I was ever in the, or have ever been into the swing of school so you're giving me a lot of like air quotes, you know, define swing, define routine, define, uh, yeah, no, school's not an easy, not an easy thing. No. Uh, General guess, definitions, but... no, not in the swing of things. <laughs> no. I've never been in the swing of things. I just, by the seat of my pants, make it, make it through each semester. Uh, that sounds like life. It's, it's just how life goes. It doesn't get any better. Uh, though I I do have to admit I like not being in school, so there's that. Uh, but yeah, no, that's basically every day. Just try to, yeah. in my case, try not to kill my children by doing something dumb. Cause I'm still trying to figure all that stuff out and uh, get my work done and make it through each day. So it's not bad though. Could be worse. Um, yeah, we got a, uh, as you will be able to tell by the title, uh, a bit of a a heavier episode today, uh, but I think it's something that needs to be talked about, but uh, because it's me, I think we should start off with something a little more, I guess, lighthearted. Uh, we missed a week, which was my fault. We were supposed to record last week, uh, and we didn't. That being said, there wasn't too much that happened last week uh, that was really, you know, heavily trending or things like yeah. that. There's always something trending, but there wasn't really anything big uh, like there is this week. But this did happen, and when I heard it, it was the f- one of the funniest things I've, I've heard. And it's it's a little upsetting, uh, but it's also extremely funny. So the title of, and I'm getting this from the Washington Post. Uh, the title of this is Rather Be in Jail, 70-Year-Old Man Robs Bank to Get Arrested and Away from Wife, Police Say. <laughs> uh, but the story, the story is so good. But, uh. So how long was he, or has he been married? If he's, what did you, 70? Uh, he's 70 years old. He's been married for 33 years. And he's, he's he just, be, just he was now... Done. He was done with it. You know, uh, so, get it. <laughs> His first thought is, you know, I, I'm just going to go to jail. You want to hear how this happened? This is fantastic. <laughs> so Friday, he and his wife have a fight. Uh, and pa- probably again. I'm guessing this is. I guess probably not the first one. If this is. <laughs> if he's robbing a bank to get away from her. <laughs> so. Uh, this is in Kansas City, Kansas, as well. Uh, he, uh, they have this fight. Oh, oh, this is excellent. I didn't even see this part. She told this the wife, uh, Dido is her name, which doesn't. So there's there is definitely a joke to make about a Dido song here, but it's not coming to me yet. Uh, so if it comes to me later, I'll I'll throw it out there. Uh, anyway, they were arguing over a broken dryer. That she asked him to fix. <laughs> oh man. Uh, 
credit to the writer of this article whose next line is, as the domestic dispute heated up. That's pretty good. After a broken dryer. Uh, Ripple yelled. This is this guy's name. Ripple? That he Yeah, Ripple. I guess it's his last name. Uh, Lawrence John Ripple. Uh, yeah. Uh, he yelled, apparently, that he'd rather be in jail than at home. He probably, and this this is me talking now, he's probably yelled in the past before. Yeah. You know, quit, quit talking to me about the dryer. I'll fix it eventually. And he never did. And so she's probably like, oh, yeah, sure. You'll go to jail just like you'll fix this dryer. Um, but he did it. He did it. He, <laughs> he walked up into a bank. He hands the person a note, uh, which he apparently wrote out in front of his wife. He wrote this note in front of his wife and then went to the bank and took it to the bank. The note said, I have a gun. Give me money. So he was handed $3,000 and then he went and sat down in a chair in the lobby. (laughs) (laughs) So he's got, I don't even think he has a gun. Uh, So he's, he's got $3,000. I don't know if he has a mask on or what, but he just goes and sits down in the chair. Uh, and it says he just he just sits there. Police department is on the other end of the block where he's at. Okay. So they just kind of like stroll in. Uh, and he says, I'm the guy you're looking for. It, it was me. I did it. And then as he's get, he gets taken to jail, they take him into custody and stuff. He just says, I, I would rather... Uh, go to jail than be in that situation anymore. Again, that is extremely disappointing. Uh, there was a preacher friend of mine who said that it is the modern day, uh, it's the modern day equivalent of uh, it's the proverb I believe rather live in the or better to live in the corner of a roof than in a house with a. Uh, well, and now I'm messing it all up, but uh, I wonder. If his actions are going to have a ripple effect to other, oh my, oh my, uh, husbands, get it? Oh yeah, I get it, I get it. No, that's, that's good. Ripple, it's going to have a ripple effect. I've been trying to figure out how to make that work. There <laughs> You're just it is. sitting there the whole time, like, how do I do this? Uh, if he's convicted, he'll be in prison for up to twenty years. Honestly, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't convict him. If I was a jury or a judge or however, though, I'd just kind of be like, this is stupid. He'd... <laughs> uh, the uh, the female sheriff who said she hadn't seen anything like this in 33 years on the force. That's two 33s. Uh, there might be something fishy going on here. Um, she said, you can get divorced. I've never heard of someone who would rather come to jail and commit a crime so they don't have to go home and be with their family. That's never happened. And then she says, they have libraries in jail. They have special programs, activities. It's almost like he's going to an old folks home early. (laughs) What a story. Uh. Uh, All right. So we we move on from that to something uh, significantly less cheery. but something that would be good for us to discuss. So uh, last night, 
as of the time we're recording this, two days ago when this will go up, um, a man named Terrence Crutcher in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is, I mean, I go to Tulsa weekly. Uh, it's it's 25 minutes away from my house. Um, man near Tulsa, Oklahoma, his, he's coming back from some college classes. His car is apparently stalled. Uh, and so he gets help. Well, he just ends up getting uh, shot by the police. Now, before we kind of go on, we're not talking about, uh, and I know you know this, this is for people listening. Uh, we're not talking about, well, here's what we think is what happened. Uh, and we're not going to deal with, you know, uh, you know, well, maybe he did this or maybe the cops did. All we know factually is a guy was shot by the police um and and this is not the first time this has happened or been reported on this year or in the last several years uh the reason we're talking about this is one it's a big deal uh cuz somebody died but two uh we just i think our last episode we kind of talked about Colin Kaepernick and uh, kind of contrasted him with with uh, the Sam Kendricks guy. But this is, as Colin has said, the reason why he's doing what he's doing. And whether it's right or not, or whether you agree with it or not, another black guy was shot um, by police. And, and so... What we want to do today is kind of talk about, and I wrote about this last week in an article, but hopefully the the thoughts are a little better here, a little more coherent here, uh, is just kind of talk about what do Christians do to respond to stu- the, the racial tension that exists yeah. in America. Uh, and we've got a few ways, two of them we'll spend a lot of time on, one that we'll just kind of close with later. Um, but I think the biggest thing, talk about it yeah talk about the fact that there is uh to a degree racial inequality that there is uh like even if you don't think that there is any inequality you can't deny that there is tension uh without a doubt within the country um and this whole talking about it thing uh, it's aimed it's it's for all christians if you're listening to this we have to be willing to talk about it. We'll talk about how in just a little bit. Uh, but we've got to talk about the fact that it exists. We can't just not talk about it and hope that it goes away. It's not going to unless it's dealt with. Uh, but I really want to aim this at preachers uh, or maybe those who are teaching and things like that who need to who are who are already at the front of uh, churches and things talking about stuff. People look up to us as ministers, listen to us. We have to be the ones to discuss these things to help kind of the church go out and and be more effective at talking about this stuff. Uh, and Spencer, you brought up, uh, I think in relation to school, I, I can't remember what you said as far as this goes, but you brought up a, a great Bible book uh, that addresses this stuff uh, really well. Why don't, why don't you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, well, in my preaching class and take a step back real quick and mention one of the big things that we're taught is the importance of talking about some of the the issues 
like this that are going on uh, yeah. in the country, going on uh, in our, our culture and things like that. Because, you know, you don't always preach or teach what people uh, want to hear. Uh, sometimes you preach what they, they need to hear and so on and uh, so forth and seeking to stay true to what the Bible emphasizes, what the Bible tells us to, to teach. But if, you, you know, day in and day out people come in and their issues are never addressed, we're almost doing a disservice to them. Because if, you know, every time we come in and we talk about issues facing, um, you know, the, the eldership, you know, that's important to people, but the things on the sure. forefront of somebody's mind may not be the problems that an eldership is having, but the problem I'm having um, in my home or the problem that our society's having or something like that. So these things are important to people. Yeah. Um, and things that they, that they want to know about, that they want to know how the Bible speaks to them to us in this regard. And it, and um, it does. I mean, yeah. the, the Bible has answers for this stuff. It's, so that's not our problem. It's just, are we, are we giving those Doing answers yeah. or are we just ignoring? Yeah. So a great book is we've, again, my preaching class, we've been looking at how to preach through the book of Luke. And the way that Luke writes about uh, Christ is... He's very focused on how Christ broke down barriers, um, so social isolation barriers, barriers in uh, societal hierarchy, barriers in picking up those who are outcast in society. We see emphasis in Luke on the poor and the homeless and the sick. We see influence on women and children. We see... Luke focused on honor status, which would be similar to kind of our monetary upper middle lower class to them. It probably would have been a little more of of honor and shame versus sure. purely money. A lot of times money was a part of that. But anyways, Luke deals with that. And he also deals with this idea of, of racial or, or ethnic tension in there. And a great story is when he tells the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, yep. Jesus is, he's simply trying to show what it means to be a neighbor, to be a, a good neighbor, to love your neighbor as yourself. That kind of core teaching that we see Jesus live out and we see play a part in a lot of different things that Jesus says, but he's simply trying to to show that. So if he wanted to, he could be, you know, well, this, this Jew uh, was pretty much mugged, laying on the side of the road, and this other Jew comes along and, and helps him, or something like that. And the, the other Jews' society would have accepted that story very well. But that's not what he did. Right. He said, <clears throat> Jews, a Levite, a priest, these high religious people in their society were the ones that walked by, but the, the Samaritan, the one that the Jews hated simply because they were a Samaritan, simply because 
of uh, the, the racial ethnic group that they were a part of, the Jews didn't like them and vice versa. Samaritans didn't like the Jews just because of that uh, racial ethnic group that they were a part of back in the first century. But Jesus mm -hmm. uses <clears throat> that tension and plays it out in this story to show how his calling for love, uh, his calling for being a, a neighbor specifically, breaks down those social, those social barriers. It, it is to overcome those things. And not only is what he's teaching us supposed to overcome and deal with, those things, but he himself is dealing with them and kind of saying, you know, this isn't right. This isn't the way it's it's supposed to be. And Jesus addresses it, and that's how he chooses. And that's just a specific story. But you see throughout the entire book of Luke how Jesus isn't afraid to deal with it, and how the call of Jesus is to break down any barriers that exist to overcome those barriers um, with mainly I think the idea of love yeah and uh, as you were, as you were talking um, I was thinking about the book of Ephesians as well uh, which is very much throughout the whole book uh, the the Jew and Gentile rift and how I mean the whole theme of the book it's talking about the church throughout the whole thing members of one body which is the church, uh, and about how these two wildly different groups are brought together as one man uh, in the body of Christ, in the church, and all that. Uh, and so another book about kind of tying race in. Uh, and I, we've, and I, I've heard whenever race comes up, we say, well, what about the Jews and Gentiles? But uh, which is a good place to go because they they legitimately hated each other. Samaritans as well. Samaritans would have been half Jew, half Gentile, um, worshipped in a different place, that kind of thing. Uh, and so there was a lot of hatred there. Um, but uh, if, if you're not sure like how much that hate runs deep, uh, go look at, go read Jonah. <laughs> uh, you know, go preach to them so that they might repent. Jonah's this Jew here, and this the people of Nineveh there being Gentiles. Uh, go preach to them that they might repent. And Jonah's kind of like, God, can't you just wipe them all out and just be done with it? He just wants them dead. I, that's that's very much a heavy racial thing. Yeah. Um. Uh. So go look there, but uh, but yeah, I think Luke is a great place to go because throughout the whole thing, you've got a big focus on women and children who were kind of the they were the lower not kind of they they were the uh, lower end uh, as far as society was concerned about them uh, and then you have the whole Jew Samaritan Jew Gentile rift that was there and you had uh, like a phrase tax collectors and sinners is very popular throughout uh, Luke because you have the religious yeah. elite versus the uh, the the non Pharisee non priest crowd. Uh, it would so be. Go ahead. It would be very interesting if I remembered exactly <laughs> how this works in Luke, but I don't. Uh, so I'm going to make a little stab at it. But in the first century, there was a 
saying, it had a name for it, that Jews uh, would make. And it, it was something like, it, it was a thanks to God that I'm not. And there were, there were three things. It was a, a poor something else. I don't remember what the second one was. And a woman. This is what male Jews would. I'm, I'm oh, thankful yeah, yeah, that yeah. I'm not poor. I'm thankful that I'm not a woman. And there's a, there's a passage in Luke that actually, or no, there's a passage in Acts, which is kind of Luke's part two to the, the gospel right. of Luke where there's a statement made in the exact order that a male Jew would make this this statement that kind of turns it on his head. So, again, you want to talk about how much these were outcasts to society. It was actually a, a prayer that was prayed that they're not these other people. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm not poor. I'm thankful that I'm not a woman. Uh, and Jesus... In chapter 8 of Luke, we actually find out that Jesus' ministry, at least to an extent, was supported by a band of women that were following him around. Yeah. Um, so talk about kind of turning that on its head in their society. There you go. Yeah, I mean, even in the, the genealogy there at the beginning, you've got several women listed that weren't in Matthew's, because Matthew's coming, of course, from a different, it's a different audience and all that stuff, but women play a huge role and like you were saying and and I do remember I, I do know what you're talking about I didn't know the axe thing so find that out because it's really cool um but I did know about that prayer that that they would regularly pray you know I thank you that I'm not uh these various things and they would look at the people in the society around them and say you know I'm glad uh that I am this this Jew I'm glad that I'm a male Jew I, I am the highest I could possibly be on, uh, on in creation and all that. That was the view, um, and so race very much a huge thing throughout the New Testament. And and our point here is that Jesus talked about it, and he didn't just talk about it; he actively worked to break those things down. Um, and if we want things to get better, then Christians have to talk about it and actively work at breaking those things down too. All right, so on the topic of talking about it, uh, we need to be careful about how we talk about it. And you and I both have kind of different things uh, to bring up here, but both good things. Um, the first is this, being careful how we talk about Can it. Can I pause you real quick? Yes. I, I think it, it's not in uh, Acts, it's in Galatians, uh, but this is interesting. Oh, um, you got it? Cool. Yeah, Paul says, when he says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male or female for you, all one in Christ Jesus. Okay. So the prayer was, I'm thankful I'm not a Greek, that I'm not a slave, and I'm not a female, was the prayer that they prayed. And so when Paul says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, we're all one in Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's he's him kind of harkening back to turning that. that he's working off of you say you're thankful you're not a Greek, a slave, or a female, but now that you're in Christ, those divisions have been broken down. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Greek or a slave or a free man or a male or a female. We've all now become 
one. So he's working off of that prayer that they prayed. And that's pretty sweet. That, that is pretty cool. Okay. And it's in that it's in that same book that uh, Peter or that Paul talks about Peter eating with the Gentiles until his Jewish buddies come up, and then he backs away from him. Yeah. And these, so I mean, it's it was there. It was a real thing, uh, very much so. Uh, but that's really sweet. Uh, never noticed the the connection with that. Uh, but w- we got to be careful about how we talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talked about it, but they were also very. Jesus was very careful how he approached it. Luke was very good about how he approached it. Um, one of the worst things we can do is to, whether you agree with another group or not, is what it is. But I've seen way too many people go. Okay, well, the Black Lives Matter group is actually a black KKK who wants to kill all white. You know, hold on, hold on. No, uh, and there there may be some people who uh, who feel that way. There are also some white people who are racist, uh, but not everybody saying police lives matter is racist either. One of the worst things we can do, and I, and this kind of blends with what you're gonna say here as well, mm-hmm. is is demonize and generalize uh, other groups uh, and say, well, this is how they all are. The Black Lives Matter movement is all like this. The Police Lives Matter, they're all like this. The All Lives Matter people, they're all like... That's one of the worst things we can do because it closes the door to discussion. We keep these preconceived ideas that we have about people already and just work off of those things. Never take in any new information never respond to that new information we just go based on here's how i feel about these people or what what i think that they're doing and so i'm going to respond in this way yeah Um, a lot of people have come out and talked about the way that this situation is fixed the way that it's solved is through coming together being unified in what we're trying to to accomplish and what needs to be accomplished which is true but it's it's hard to be unified when so you've got a a stance whichever side of the 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 argument you fall wherever in the middle or or whatever and sure. you generalize that everybody else is against you or all of these people are are this way or all the ones who I believe this or are this way like you said you can't you can't come together when you're <clears throat> um, make those kind of generalizations, which generally are are not even the case. Uh, generally, when you have social issues like this, typically it's it's the the people in the wrong are a minority. They st- things still need to be done. Um, things need to be put into place. Uh, but there's there's a lot more people that can come together and be unified yeah. uh, against the the minority that's causing an an issue, um, and you know that's how we we solve it. But when we generalize, it makes it that much difficult for this majority to come together to stop whatever the the social issue may be, specifically here you know, what we're talking about with, with racial tension, but that goes for, for any 
you know, yeah, with, with any talking well and and just like uh, uh, millennials all are all yeah. like this. Uh, as soon as I see that article title, I'm not reading it because I because there have been a lot of things said about millennials that just aren't well. They they get married late and they don't want to have kids anymore and they. De- and I'm sitting here going, I got married early. I've already got two kids, and I want several. I'm like, none of those things apply to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am the millennial, and so uh, we can't generalize people. Are there uh, are there bad people? Yeah, and there's good people, but people are people. They're their own thing, and everybody is different. Different personalities, different whatever, and. I know some people who will be part of I I know some people who will vote Democrat and then they'll go out and and shoot their gun in their backyard here in Oklahoma. Well, but they're Democrats, they hate guns and gun rights and no, not all of them. Uh so you have to talk to people as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um but the moment we generalize a group or the moment we, we start demonizing a group is the moment we close the door to conversation, and that's how we halt any uh, progress from being made, yeah. any any solutions from being made. Uh, you have a thought on this as well as far as uh, being careful how we talk about uh, this. Yeah. Something else is we when these stories they come out and we address a specific instance a specific story in whatever we in whatever way we do you know here we're we're talking about the general issue but in a specific story i think it's important and one thing that i've seen is that we don't a lot of times wait until all the information comes out like for example we talked about the shooting in in Tulsa yeah. just last night so it's been less than 24 hours and you already see people talking about who was in the wrong and why they were and all we have is a what 50 second video that shows yeah 50 second video and people <laughs> that weren't even on the ground involved in uh specifically hands-on involved in what's going on is all we have to to go off of and again that kind of goes with the making generalizations we we think we we know what what happened before any facts come out and i think that's one thing that's caused this uh tension to to grow worse than it should be you know it's there it needs to be addressed but as long as we jump to conclusions before the facts come out before we know what what really happened, um, that's just going to raise tensions. I think if yep. one thing that would help lower them just a little is if we took the time to wait for the facts to come out, because we may be surprised based on what we were sure happened before facts come out, we're willing to listen to them, adhere to them. Uh, we may be surprised with what actually happened, and then we can better get on the the same page again, get on the same page, become unified to deal with the issue um, instead of multiple ways. Just we as human beings can be divisive when it comes to 
topics like these. So just when stories come out about this stuff, I encourage you to take some time, let some time go by for more information to come out before you jump to a conclusion. Start tweeting about it, post on, on Facebook about what what you know um, happened. Yeah. Give it give it some time. Let um, you know the, the, the trained professionals who uh, are gonna go and they're gonna interview and they're gonna talk to everyone and they're gonna go over the film and all this kind of stuff and let that information come together and then make a uh, then form an opinion on yeah and what happened based on the facts of those things then go and and talk about it in your, yeah. in in your churches with others in a way that doesn't demonize or marginalize some group but looks to uh fix fix the issues that are going on uh we've kind of gone a little longer on this episode but i think it's I, I think it was for good reason um uh one of the things we want to leave you with is that we've talked about talking about it how to talk about it uh you know what to say what not to say but we want to close with this of uh kind of a, a challenge for you throughout the rest of this week or really i mean just don't don't stop doing this don't ever stop doing this uh but be in prayer uh try praying every day for our country for uh, those in our nation who are marginalized or feel that they are so. Uh, be praying for Christians to be at the forefront of this stuff happening in culture to, to lead a positive change. Um, because as the book of Luke discusses, as Ephesians discusses, as you know, what we see in Jonah, the way you fix race relations or... And disparities between different groups of people or just any issue in general is to center people on Christ. Um, and if Christians aren't talking about this and looking for that solution, nobody's going to. And we're going to end up with more problems uh, than we will uh, solutions. So uh, be talking about this, be talking about it in the right way, and be praying about it every day. Uh, Every single day, uh, stop and pray for for these things. That's what's trending this week. Uh, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, if there's anything that came up that you wanted us to talk about or you want us to expand more on this, let us know. We'd be happy to do so. Leave some comments below uh, on Start to Finish where this is posted. Uh, we'd like to hear your thoughts on all of this uh, as well, and specifically what we can do as Christians to... Uh, talk about the issue in an appropriate way uh, that leads to greater change. Uh, and if you want us, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, go to thetrendpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to The Trend. We'll see you next time.